Hey everyone, welcome to Moxie Moves Caregivers 911. Today I have an amazing person with me today, and I'm going to introduce her right now. We have Terrico R. Epps that grew up in Baltimore City. She is the principal and primary interior designer of Expressions of You, a 30 plus year old, 100% women owned, certified, fully serviced commercial and residential interior designing firm. Tarico serves on two boards in effort to give back to the community in areas for which she is passionate. King Edwards Inc., a nonprofit that prepares transitioning foster children for independent, responsible adult living, and the Memory and Aging Community Advisory Board, MCAB, which is an instrumental in educating people on the issues surrounding dementia and Alzheimer's. Tarico is not a healthcare professional nor an authority on Alzheimer's. However, she serves as a caregiver coach to encourage and support individuals who find themselves thrust into caregiver for their loved ones. Out of her caregiving experience, Terrico authored the book, Lessons Mother Taught Me, In Spite of Alzheimer's, in which short essays to read apply lessons are shared to help caregivers ease tensions through the arduous journey, caregiver journey. Although the specific disease is a base, the lessons offered have been found to be beneficial in other caregiving situations. Her book, Lessons Mothers Taught Me, In Spite of Alzheimer's, is available on Amazon.com, and Mrs. Epps is available to share with caregiving supporting groups. Hello, nice to have you today. Hi, and thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, we're going to get right to these questions. How did you find out that your mom had Alzheimer's? Well, my mother and I shared a a wonderful relationship, so we spoke every day. And so what I noticed was, like, I would talk to her in the morning, and I'd tell her maybe what I was going to do for the day. And then when I might talk to her in the evening to kind of give her a a summary of how it went, um, she would say, well, you didn't tell me that. I'm like, yes, I did. Mm -hmm. And she would say, no, you didn't. So we'd have the conversation all over again, and it would be the same conversation. So I got suspicious um, because her mother had had Alzheimer's. So I got suspicious, and um, I had to change her doctor because of some other health issues, um, gastrointestinal intestinal issues and when I went with her and we went into the doctor's room I said and test her for Alzheimer's so mother didn't agree you know she said you know don't she she don't know what she's talking about but I was insistent and so then we got um, a, a diagnosis I like that when you felt as though that she was starting to repeat certain things or certain conversations that y'all were having they was like we had this conversation before mm-hmm. and some people ignore those key mm-hmm. issues or those key hints mm-hmm. or those clues that's already there in front of us or red flags mm-hmm. yes denial is big i won't even just say it just in the african-american community Den- denial is big mm-hmm. um and you know, I am when I go to um, just not just caregiving support groups, but when I speak in any kind of situation, I suggest that people pay attention to their parents, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, because generally I'm talking to people in the age group where they have aging parents. 
and I suggest that you want to take you want to look out for are there housekeeping is that the same you know the thing about the conversations you know are they forgetting conversations are they forgetting things that they need to do mm-hmm. and because generally people say oh mom's okay or dad's okay um, and they may be okay but they may not, you know, and it doesn't have to be something as serious as dementia. It could be over-medicating. It could be a UTI, urinary tract infection, because mm-hmm. that affects older people differently than younger people. So it may not be as grave as, as dementia is, but um, I just suggest that people should not minimize any signs they see. I agree. What thoughts went through your mind after your mom was diagnosed? Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Uh, Well, like I said, my grandmother had it, her mother. So I kind of had a little bit of an idea of of the journey that we were about to be on. Mm -hmm. Um, Not completely because, you know, my mother was involved in her mother's care, but I just visited that, you know. So, um, and when I would visit it, you know, I would make my little suggestions, and 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 um, I I'm smiling because one time I visited. It was a hot summer day. Mother had an air conditioner in her room. They were both, and my mother and grandmother were both in her room. My grandmother was in a fleece robe, long sleeve, zip up the neck. And my mother was trying to get her out of the fleece robe because it was so hot. Uh huh. And so my mother would zip it down and grandmother would zip it up. And so they, so, and so meanwhile, my mother's getting exacerbated, exacerbated and she's flustered and she's sweating and I'm sitting on the bed watching this. And I said, mom, just, just leave her alone. I said, when she get hot enough, she's going to take that robe off. Yes, she will. So, um, you know, mother was concerned about her getting a heat stroke or whatever. So mother listened this one time. <laughs> and, um, so before I knew it, grandmother was naked. So I was like, okay, that's a different extreme. <laughs> but um, so I just kind of um, didn't know how I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I was going to take care of mom. Um, that wasn't ever a question in my mind. Um, like I said, I didn't know how. I was going through a divorce at the time. Um, so I was a single parent with my own business, with a preteen and a teenager. And so, you know, just those things were enough. So yes. I had no idea. But um, I am a believer. I'm a follower of Christ. And I just had to trust that God was going to help me it. get through this. Because mm-hmm. you're never going to be placed in a situation that you can't get through. You have to believe. I know. You have to believe. Mm-hmm. You do. So he helped. It wasn't easy. It is not an easy journey. It is not a journey to take lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very challenging journey. But I call it a journey of love. Definitely is. Because mm-hmm. you have those up and down days. Mm-hmm. You have to know how to navigate mm-hmm. and collect your composure. Oh, my goodness, yes. Now, how did your mom react after she was diagnosed? Um, You know, it, it was a sad news, but, you know, she got diagnosed very early, mm-hmm. you know, because of my observations. Um, and so that was a good thing. Because she could um, be involved in all the decisions that had to be made. She could decide when she wanted to tell her friends Mm -hmm. and how she would tell them. Um, She could decide who she wanted to manage her accounts, um, which was me. Um, And then she she could even decide when it was time for her to turn 
all of that over to me. Right. So her having a hand in those decisions, and some of them were hard, like even, you know, um, you know, end of life decisions, you know, she made a lot of those through tears, mm -hmm. but she made them. So um, I, that's another thing when I talk to people, I encourage them that when you see signs, not to deny, because I truly believe in early diagnosis, number one, helps the person kind of be a little more in charge mm -hmm. of what's going to happen to them down the road. Um, it helps you as a team collectively get things in order mm -hmm. um, so that you know what the person wants, um, that you know where everything is so you can manage their business when it's time to turn the affairs over, um, and so that you can start getting yourself prepared because um, it's not a walk in the park, like I no. said. And so many people are kind of thrust into caregiving because the signs have been there, but they've ignored them. Um, and now all of a sudden something major has happened, or it even could be a minor major, if you yes. will, um, that opens their eyes to say, oh, there really is an issue here. Mm -hmm. By that time, the person probably is is in moderate, mm -hmm. um, you know, because there are stages. So by that time, that person's probably in the moderate stage um, and maybe a little bit past making some of the decisions that need to be made. Um, so that's why I encourage people early. Um, I believe that because I got mother on medication early, that she was able to physically um, um, be um, and be you know uh, have her have her physical ability longer because she had had more medication. That's what I believe. Only because the neurologist was always amazed at how. Um, my mother presented phys physically, mm -hmm. um, especially as she was in the severe stage of Alzheimer's. So um, I just think early detection and early um, early um, treatment is key. It does not cure the drug, I mean the, the disease. It can retard it somewhat. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I just think, you know, that... that early early is 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 just good i mean even to um because of some of the resources that are available i know that i learned that i should get mother into a daycare early yes. because if you wait too long she probably wouldn't go so it was a process of mm -hmm. getting her to go it was like probably about a six-month process of me going with her at first staying with her for a short period of time then me going and being in another area of the facility and then it got to the point where I would just take her and, you know, she's like, oh, you're taking me to that place again. And I'm like, well, mother, you can't stay home alone. Mm -hmm. So unless until you tell me where else you want to go, this is where we're coming. So sometimes you have to take charge. Yes. Definitely. You know, and you have to remind yourself that when you're taking charge, number one, you have to be respectful. Mm -hmm. And the book talks about, you know, being respectful and kind and those kinds of things. Um, but um you do have to, you know, try to let the person have some, um, con some. Con you have to have some consideration of the person. That's a person, right? Um, and um, sometimes you have to be firm, mm -hmm. and you have to remind yourself that in your firmness and you're taking charge, that you're doing it out of love, yes. and you're not trying to harm your loved one, but you're trying to make sure that your loved one is safe, and and you know is going to be in cared for while you can't be with them. 
I agree with all those points. I definitely a living will because it's very important to include them and know what next steps they want to happen in their life and how they want to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right, my next question. What were the challenges that you faced while taking care of your mom? <laughs> oh, my goodness. What You said, what were they? How many of them were? <laughs> oh, give me the top ones because oh, I know it was lots. Um, let's see. Um, well, one of the challenges is because we are like routine, mm -hmm. you know, we're routines and we are what I call a microwave society. Yes. You know, things got to happen. You got to keep it moving. You know, come on, come on. I Popcorn society. Kids. I got to get this kid to school. <laughs> got to get this one. Got to do this. Got, you know, and so you need, you know, so you're in a routine. So the challenge was forget a routine because the, and, and I use these, these terms, the well brain versus the sick brain. Mm -hmm. You have the well brain. So as the person with the well brain, which is generally the caregiver, mm -hmm. um, and that could be dementia. It could be um, special needs child. Um, it could be somebody with a terminal illness. Mm -hmm. But you are the well person. The well person can adjust. The sick person generally cannot. Mm -hmm. um, in the case of dementia, you know, hurry up, you know, come on, let's hurry, has no translation. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, the well person has to adjust. So one of the challenges was trying to get done all the things that need to be done mm -hmm. when you're juggling, you know, eight things on your plate. That was a challenge. Um, <laughs> um, when it got to the point of dressing mother, that became a challenge, dressing and undressing, because at one point, she was, she's always been a good dresser, mm -hmm. always looked nice, neat, whatever. Um, but when she retired, she kind of got more fashionable. She joined, she became a model and, and she got what I call, you know, she was a, now a diva. So, uh -huh. you know, her clothes were, <laughs> you know, now representative of a different style woman. So by the time she got Alzheimer's, those were the most of the clothes that were in her wardrobe. Mm -hmm. So what I didn't realize was that somewhere in that dementia, was was she gone back to more of the matronly style? Mm -hmm. And so I would get her dressed, and she wouldn't want to wear what I'm like. She wouldn't want to wear what I put on her, not because she didn't like it, because like whose clothes were they? these? Are your right. clothes? You know. So that was a big challenge until I figured out. Oh, okay. You know, she's back. She's 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 beyond this style. Mm -hmm. So once, once I came to that realization that helped, um, helped getting her dressed and having her stay dressed. Cause what she would do, I would dress her. Then the, the brief time that I would leave her alone would be when I would run to take my she son to school. I come back, she'd be undressed baby back in the bed. And times, the timing of everything was so tight that by the time I got back from taking my son to school, her van would be pulling up for daycare. So we didn't have time to, to go through all that again. again. So it, you know, once we worked that out, that helped. So that was a major challenge. Um, and then um, they call it sundowning. <clears throat> when she would get up in the middle of the night, that was a little bit of a challenge. That season, thank the Lord, wasn't that long. But her bedroom was on the same level with my children, so she would go in their rooms in the middle of the night, waking them up. Um, so that was a bit of a challenge. Um, the other challenge, she wasn't a wanderer, um, but we live in a community that we still have 
door-to-door salespeople. Mm -hmm. So I might come in from working and go up to change my clothes and come back downstairs and she's at the table with a stranger and she so she would let people in the house and you know I guess the stranger's thinking they can ready to have a sale and I'm thinking she don't even know what you're talking about you know mm-hmm. so um so I learned to lock the top lock that you know you had to have a key for um when I wasn't on the same level of you know when she was you know where she was so that was one of the challenges and then I guess the last major challenge for me, um, and even for my children, um, the changes in mother, um, that, you know, for, because we shared a very good friendship, um, and then the challenge was to adjust to now that we didn't have the same relationship, um, that we couldn't talk like we used to talk, you know, um, so now more than being my friend, she was more like my baby. You know, and not that I treated her like a baby because right. you can't do that. You can't at all. Um, but that our conversations were very rudimentary um, and the things we shared were very elementary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I just prayed for God to give me an appreciation for our new relationship um, because it was heartbreaking. Um, so um, there was a lot of mourning. You know, you mourn the loss of the person you once knew. Mm-hmm while you um, gain appreciation for the person you are now coming to know. And and I encourage caregivers to study your person. That's what you have study to do. Study your loved one um, because you learn a lot. Um, and and as, you're, as you get your mind off of you and what you need to do next or what you need to do now, and you observe the person's actions or reactions, Mm -hmm. you're learning some things that might help you better navigate the journey. Um, And then you use those things to your advantage. And then they're not always going to be successful. It might be successful this time, next time maybe not so much. So then you become thankful for the times that it is successful. You know, um, one of the lessons in the book is celebrate little things. So, you know, I I mentioned, I think I mentioned... um, you know, no, I don't think I did. But anyway, the the bathroom was one of Mother's kind of comfort places. Yeah, you did mention um, it in the book. I mentioned it in the book. Yeah, but I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't think I. Mentioned oh, no, it you didn't mention that. Yeah. <laughs> so that became a, a that was a room of comfort for her. So that became the room where I would undress her because she wouldn't object. She would be very cooperative. So we celebrated the bathroom in a way I'd never celebrated the bathroom, bathroom before. before. <laughs> you know, so. Um, when I say celebrate, you know, it sounds, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe it sounds strange or funny, but, um, you know, celebrations um, give us life. They mm-hmm. make us happy. They change the spirit of, of whatever's going on. They change the mood. So celebrate the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Celebrate the big stuff. You know, oh, you ate all your food. Oh, girl, go ahead. You know, celebrate because it does change the atmosphere. And I agree with you 100% on studying people's actions and emotions. A lot of caregivers feel as though they can't connect with their loved one anymore. They're so focused on the past and can't get with the present. And I believe what you said will help a lot of caregivers because that's the biggest challenge that a lot of them are facing right now. Well, what what I... be, um, I, I think I... Well, I know God gave me the book in three days. 
It took me four years to get it on the streets. But before, and I was feeling inadequate because it's not a big book. You know, when you see, when you think book, you think, you know, 100, 200 pages, you know. That's too much sometimes. Um, and, and so I, I was feeling inadequate. And I, but when he gave it to me and I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, but he wouldn't let me rest. And he kept assuring me through what people might call coincidence. Um, I don't call them coincidence. I, I believe God has a plan and, and he he orchestrates. Um, so he would put me in environments where I might be waiting in line and you're waiting in a long line. And, and um, like in one occasion or not just one occasion, my, my daughter is... Um, interested in acting and modeling and so we were pursuing in pursuing that we'd be at different things and so if you ever done done that you know there's waiting and you know so you're sitting around with other parents or whatever and someone would just begin talking to me about their parents and what's going on and you know something's going on and I was able to encourage the person through conversation you know and they would thank by the time you know our waiting was over they're thanking me oh I'm so glad I sat next to you this time you know you really encouraged me blah 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 and I felt that was God saying you can't give this thing up right you know people need to hear this people need to know what to do people need to know they're not alone people need to be able to because you're thrust into mm -hmm. it so you and and generally like i said if you're not paying attention by the time you're thrust you are past the early stage so um you you know hopefully you're in the moderate and not in the severe mm -hmm. um but i'm sure there are sometimes when people are thrust into it and it is in the severe stage um so, um, um, I forgot what the, what the question was. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. The challenge, the challenges that you have faced. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but, uh, you, you made a point about, um, people studying, you know, I talked about people studying the yes. person so you can connect. It is a different level. You know, I mean, you know, you, you're talking about a woman that was on the ball that was in management in the company and doing all the, doing all the stuff. And then, you know, y'all in the mirror, she's in the mirror making faces at herself. You know, like she's mentally challenged. I'm like, uh, duh, she is mentally challenged. So you, either you could be saddened because this is not the mother you know, or you can join in with her. So what did I do? I joined in with her. So we would make silly faces in the mirror uh -huh. and we would laugh. What harm did it do? You know, oh, there was another challenge, big challenge, because it came to a point where my mother um, did not want my daughter who by this time was about 18, she didn't want her to do anything for her. So if my daughter would cook and put a plate in front of her, my mother would push it out the way. Oh, you know? no. Um, and if I had to, you know, if I had something to do in the evening and, and my daughter needed to help mom get ready for bed, mother would have nothing to do with her. So um, it was very hurtful to mm -hmm. my daughter. And, and how I talked to them, my daughter and son, you know, it's like mother's brain is sick. So it's not that mother doesn't love you, you know, her brain is sick. And so that helped them process a little bit. And so my daughter would put on a wig and disguise her voice. And then my mother <laughs> would let her help her. Um, Cause my mother was very kind to strangers. Mm. You know, a stranger could get my mother to do something. And a man could get my mother to do something. Oh, yes. I know that by my other grandmother. <laughs> so it was really, you know, and that was kind of funny because, um, you know, and it was kind of heartwarming to me because her affinity for men was still there. Uh -huh. And so that kind of like touched me because, you know, it felt like there's a part of her that's still, still alive, mm -hmm. you know, that's still vibrant. You can still reach. Um, and um, I remember one time um, 
the guy I was dating at the time. He had us over his house because she would go on dates with me sometimes. And he was sweet that way. Um, and so he was fixing dinner for us. So I went upstairs to wash my hand. When I came back down, he's at the sink with this weird look on his face. And I'm like, what? And he said, your mother came up behind me and put her arms around me. And so I laughed. And so I turned around. I was like, Miss Mildred, you trying to steal my man? <laughs> She said, I don't know what you're talking about. So I laughed. I thought it was cute, but I had to make sure he was okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, you know, uh, you know, I know I'm laughing. I think it's cute. You know, it warms my heart that she, that there's still a little bit of her personality in there. I said, but I don't want to weird you out. He said, as long as she don't try to kiss me, I'm good. So I said, I don't think she will because she's too much of a lady to be that forward. But I don't know with this disease, I, you know. So that was funny. We We got a laugh out of that. I bet. But that was so nice that you had someone at that time that you were dating to allow you to bring your mother with you. Because it's a challenge probably dating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it it was, you know, so that was very nice of him, you know, and I mean, you know, the things that we would do and bring mother were differently than what we would do on our own. Right. You know, but um, in fact, we were taking dance lessons, um, hand dancing lessons. And so we were practicing here in the kitchen. And so mother came up and started dancing, too. I'm like, all right, Miss Mildred. And I would often call her by her name so uh -huh. she would remember her name. So, you know, I'd go back and forth between calling her mother or Miss Mildred. Um just just so she would remember who she was That's or what her name important. was. Yeah. Wow. You are amazing. <laughs> That's all I can say right now. Did you receive any outside help? Yes. And I highly recommend that. You cannot do this alone. You cannot do it alone. And you will be surprised because whatever your circle of influence is, your help may not come from any of them. You know, um, there may be a lady that you speak to at church on Sundays that now finds out that this is what you are doing, you're caregiving for your loved one, and might offer help. Accept it. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to accept the help from where it comes. And I don't mean just blindly, of course. Um, I believe God sends angels. And he sends them in the nick of time, you know, and, and that's what he did for me. And I know he's no respecter of person. So if he did it for me, he'll do it for other people. Um, but one of the things that you have to do as a caregiver, I believe, well, one of the things I had, let me speak about me, I had to let go of pride. Yes, um, very important. Because, you know, pride can get in your way of accepting help. Pride can get in your way of making you think you can do it all on your own. Or if you don't do it on your own, you're failing. Um, and those are, are, those are weapons that are against you. And so um, I definitely, I used, um, day, I mentioned adult daycare. Mm -hmm. I um, did take her to adult daycare. And like I said, that was a process and it happened over a period of time. Mm -hmm. um, it took six months, but I had to be diligent and I had to do it because I had to work. I was a single parent. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I did that. Um, I also um, um, reached out to the Department of Aging, and so at first we were awarded two hours a day, three days a week, and as mother progressed, it moved to five days a week. So I used the aid in the mornings because, like I said, she would react for strangers better than us. Mm -hmm. So I would use the aid to come in and get her dressed and walk, walk you know, bathed, dressed and her breakfast. Um, and then that way she'd be ready for the van when it came. So that took, that was a big help to me. 
Um, I also use respite um, care. Um, I there there are places. One of the places is Arden Courts, um, and so I would do that for a weekend. Um, or if I wanted to go on vacation, I would do that. It's expensive. It, it's not easy. It's not cheap. I did find a place that was um, a privately owned home that um, took in seniors. That um, so I did, you know, kind of switch to that after for a while care. for respite care. But I definitely used res- respite care. Um, I did go to support groups. Um, there was one in my area, so I went. And interestingly enough, I was the only child taking care of a parent. Everybody else in the support group were spouses. Oh. Um, so it was interesting to, you know, hear their stories. Um, sometimes, you know, some of the people um, got violent, violent so the, the um, caregiver, the, the, the spouse had to put them in a home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then would have would go to the home every day, you know. So... Everybody can't, you know, I wanted to take care of mother at home. You know, I didn't want to put her in any kind of situation. And I was glad I didn't have to Mm -hmm. because that would have eaten at me. But I recognize that sometimes people will have to. And it also made me wonder because, again, if you're not studying the person, then you're not getting cues, if you will. So I wondered... If these spouses, you know, if you're trying to go on with your life like it was and you're not adjusting based on what you're seeing in your loved one, is was that some of the things that created anger that would that would make that person lash out? Um, and I say that because uh, mother had a touch of glaucoma, so I had to put eye drops in her mm. eyes. So she would act like I was killing her when I had to put the eye drops in her eyes. Um, and you know, so, you know, so she might get mad at me for that, you know, so I might have to like wait until a little different time, you know, um, talk to her first calmly, you know, play with her a little bit to just let her relax a little bit and then get back to Mm -hmm. it. Um, I remember one time the nighttime routine, we were in the bathroom and I was trying to brush her teeth before bed. And she's screaming (laughs) that I'm trying to kill her. And the bathroom window was open. And I'm like, I hope my neighbors don't call the police. (laughs) Shut the window real quick. She's like, she's trying to kill me. I'm like, oh, my Lord. So, you know, hey, was she going to die if her teeth didn't get brushed at night? (laughs) No. No. So her teeth didn't get brushed that night. We're brushing in the morning. (laughs) You know, so so there are things, you know, know, that you you just, you, you have to, I think you, if you are giving them res- the respect, even though they may not know what's going on, mm-hmm. you still have to respect them. You still have to be kind. You know, usually when you use the words please and thank you, there generally there's a melodious kind of gentleness that comes when you're using those words. And doing that kind of softens the spirit. You know, using music. Yes, um, music is so important. You know, using music or thing. You know, puzzles. Who cares if they ain't put the puzzle together right? Those things don't matter. Uh-huh. You know. Um, now, if if they're getting frustrated putting the puzzle together, then maybe you move to another. You know, um, um, another exercise or something. But it's you've got the well brain. 
you can adjust. Yes, they can. The sick brain cannot. So that's kind of my mantra. You know, the well brain can adjust, the sick brain, brain cannot. cannot. And if you keep that in your mind, and you, as the well brain, change your perspective because the sick person cannot change theirs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the case of a, because um, the book's been well, well received also in the um, special needs, people with special needs children. Um, I've had um, testimonies where they said, you, you just changed the atmosphere in our household. Wow. Um, and, you know, but because I think we often, not harmfully, but we often, you know, we have an agenda. We, have, we got things we got to do. You know, mm-hmm. we got to keep this ship moving, you know, ship <laughs> moving um so um you you kind of get focused on what you have to do and then kind of lose focus that you know this isn't a pawn this is a person yes with feelings you know that may be obstinate today oh don't trust me we had some obstinate obstinate days um that made life you know challenging you know um I remember one time I had to peel her hands off the wall because she didn't want to leave out the house. And she was holding on to the wall. She was holding on to the wall and I had to peel her her hands off the wall, you know. Um, And, but while peeling them off, still being gentle, Gentle. still talking Mm -hmm. gently while I'm peeling hands off, you know, and she's holding on and I saw I'm peeling. So the peeling wasn't gentle, but my words had to be gentle. You know, come on, mother, we have to leave the house now. You know, it's time for us to go, you know. Um, so, you know, sometimes you have to be firm. But, mm-hmm. you know, I knew I wasn't going to hurt her. You have to have that you know? balance. Yes, yes. So, it, like I said, it's it's not for the faint-hearted. You know, if you don't think you can do it, then maybe you should, you know, find a, a home that specializes in it. But, I, but even then, that creates its own challenges. Uh, because after one hospital stay for rehab, I did let mother go into a home, a nursing home, one of the big names, I won't name it. Um, the day staff was fine, not the night staff at all. So you can't be there 100. So then you're concerned, how well is your loved one being taken care of? Mm -hmm. You know, so I actually ended up, I think after day two, Pulling my mom out of there. Um, and I had yeah, her in two there. Days. Wow. Mm-hmm. I had her in there. Maybe it was day three. Um, but I had her in there because when we were leaving the hospital, she would get everyday rehab at the nursing home. Mm-hmm. But at home, she would only get it three days a week. So, of course, I wanted her to rehab quicker. Right. So I was like, okay. And the, and the home that I used was very near my house and next door to my daughter's school. So... I'd go to the gym in the morning, so I would go after. So I'd be there as early as seven in the morning because mm-hmm. my gym, my class was at six. So I'd be there as early as seven in the morning. You know, my daughter would be there after school, so that's like three in the afternoon. You know, I, you know, the, we'd go there as a family to have dinner with her. You know, so we were still very engaged. Mm-hmm. But that nighttime, you you're not there. You know, eleven to seven, and you know that wasn't the only place that eleven to seven people just don't care, didn't care about your loved one. That's my interpretation um, of of what went on, you know. And so I just had to get her out of there. I was like, nope. Mm-mm. I understand. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't pay attention to what's going on in the system. They may just put them in there and don't go in and check. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important to check because, yes, they may be trained staff, but everyone does not do their job. 
Yeah. I'm not saying all places are this way, but you still need to go check on your loved one no matter what. And that, exactly. That's exactly true. And everybody's not there because they have a passion mm-hmm. for their job. You know, people are there because it's a job. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the difference. You have to be truly passionate to deal with someone with Alzheimer's or any form of dementia. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And and the the sad part about when it's dementia is your loved one can't tell you that somebody did something to them. Mm-hmm. Or somebody's mistreating them. They can't tell you. Sometimes they may show it when that per if that person comes in the space while you're in the space and the way they react to that person when they come in the space, that may be a clue, uh, but not necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, because one of the good things about the disease is, you know, the memory is fleeting. So, you know, I remember one time. I had to be really firm with mother and it bothered me that I had spoken to mother with this firmness, you know, um, and it bothered me for days. And like, you know, in minutes she was fine, but you know, for me, you know, I'm fretting about it. I done cried mm-hmm. about it. I can't believe I yelled, but you know, on um, for a long time. so, you know, um, so, uh, you know, with, with dementia, they may not remember, you know, that you just did whatever to them, mm-hmm. you know, um, so that that's kind of a a two-edged sword, if you will, you know, that you might be able to find out what's going on and if you have your loved one in a home and you may not. Right. You know. Nowadays they have devices though. So, you know, you might want to consider cams. a considered um, a na- you know, a nanny cam or something. You might want to consider something to make sure that your loved one is being treated properly. I would definitely recommend it. I would too. So we answered the question about um, do you prefer home care over assisted living care? So we pretty much answered that mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. just now. Mm-hmm. So how how was your mom with your children? Yeah, we answered that a little oh, bit Oh, yeah, we too. answered that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can skip past that one. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, did taking care of your mom make working difficult? Um, It did. It made it a challenge. Um, I had to adjust my day. Um, I'm self-employed. So, you know, by the time I got mother to daycare, then I had that, those hours. Um, Then, like I said, I had a preteen and a teenager. Well, you don't have to so much worry about your teenager, but you do. Um, And especially a teenage girl. Um, So, you know, I try to make sure that I was back home by the time they were home. Um, Mother generally got dropped off from daycare about 430 so I would make sure I had dinner ready to be on the table at five. As the disease progressed, you know, mother would still be at the dinner table at seven thirty. You know, so it just took her that long to eat. Um, so, and then I tried to make sure bedtime was eight thirty for mm-hmm. her. Uh, so then I'd be back in the office at nine o'clock at night, and I'd work till mm, twelve, one o'clock in the morning. Um, so I adjusted my day. I had that flexibility. You know, I know some people have, you know, nine to five jobs and they don't have that kind of flexibility. But um, thankfully I did. So, um, so you know, um, that's that was actually how I started going to the gym because I knew with taking care of mom and a preteen and a teen, if I didn't work some of that stress off. You need the outlet. Somebody was, yeah, I said, a teen might be locked in the room. Somebody might be hanging out the window. I mean, I, you know, who knows? But I knew enough. 
um, because it is critical that the caregiver take care of themselves. Very true. And, um, you know, you have to think if something happens to me, then who's going to care for my loved one? Mm -hmm. Um, but not just that you have to take care of you so you don't lose you in the journey. Um, because it is a journey. It's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a, 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 a sprint. It's a marathon. Mm -hmm. And, and so you got to take care of yourself. You know, I, always recommend that you know whether you get a sitter um, or you use respite um, or a friend that has um, let you know I'm available that you use those resources and when you have someone that's stepping in then that's time to take time for yourself you know I definitely recommend a comedy because laughter releases endorphins that it's are good medicine. for the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I definitely, definitely, I, I can't say it enough that caregivers have to do something for themselves. Um, and you just find the time, you make the time, but you've got to do something for yourself because you don't want to lose yourself in the journey. And, you know, as I mentioned before, it is a journey of love. And at the end of the journey, because the journey will end, unfortunately, um, and at the end of the journey, you will be changed and you will learn some things about yourself. You know, you may learn that you're selfish. Mm-hmm. So what did you do about it? You know, you may learn um, you may learn that you're generous. You know, you may learn like I did, you know, uh, you got to let that pride thing go, girlfriend. You know, um, so I believe that although God doesn't bring um, detrimental things to you, I don't understand so much how he allows it, but when he allows it, he's there with you. And so I choose to look at it, and this is again in changing your perspective, I choose to look at it as He's he was growing me into the woman he wants me to be. And so in in that process of growing me, then there was there were things that I needed to learn, things I needed to do differently, mm-hmm. um, and those things have been beneficial. You know, it has changed me. Um, now, you know, I you know I purpose to be an angel for other people. You know, whether that's um, helping an old lady find her car, holding the door open, or being involved in somebody else's um, as they are caregiving for their mom during their hospicing. Um, And even, you know, of late for myself, you know, hospice, you know, being there for my sister when she was hospicing. So, you know, without thinking, without a second thought of, you know, I'm sacrificing whatever to do. It's like, no, I'm just doing it. It's second nature to you. It has become second nature. Because basically, you know, our lives are not about us. You know, they're really, you know, for one another, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, we serve a God of relationship. And so he put people here to relate to one another. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his greatest command is love one another. So how else can you show love other than doing for someone else? Yes. And also when you're doing for someone else, your mind is off of you, you know. Any of your worries you have, you just focus on what can I do to better this person's life Mm -hmm. or help Mm -hmm. them at this moment? Exactly. I yeah. agree with that. 100%. And a lot of times it doesn't cost you anything. No. You know. Just a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Very important. Yep. My next question. What was the most rewarding part of being a caregiver? Um, I'm going to have to say what I just said. Same growing. Way. Okay. You know, growing, um, being open mm-hmm. to to being receptive, you know, to, to change. Um, so being open to grow. You know, I think that was, as I look back. Right. You know, um, in it. Um, I guess, I don't know, for me in it, what was rewarding was that I could do that for my mom. Um, my kids asked probably very early on, why do we have to take care of granny? And my answer was, we don't have to take care of granny. We get to, to take, take care, care of granny. granny. It's a reward. So, um, so just that change in perspective, you know. We get to do this. It's mm-hmm. a privilege. It was an honor to take care of my mother at the time that she needed it most. My dad had died, you know, years before. Mm-hmm. I had two brothers that had died, um, you know. So it was it was my privilege to take care of her. And, you know, and I was honored to do so. That's very special. Mm-hmm. Now, from what you have experienced... I know you gave some advice, but mm-hmm. I want to know one or two po- important pieces of advice, uh, advice that you would give another caregiver. Um, I, I'll, I'll reiterate them, but they've had, they have come out in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And the two, I think, uh, three um, most important pieces of information. Number one is that you can't do it alone. Study your person, Mm -hmm. observe your person, and you change your perspective, that well brain versus the sick brain, and then take care of yourself. Make sure you do something for you. Take care of you. Those would be the three main pieces of advice I think I would give a caregiver. I think they are good three main tips because taking care of yourself should be number one priority because you can't get up and wake up every day to take care of someone else if you're sick mentally and physically. And, and it'll show, mm-hmm. you know, when, when we are frustrated, you might not be saying something with your words, but you're dealing with that person. They're feeling that they're feeling that frustration. So the objection that you might be getting in that moment may be the objection to the vibe that you're giving off. Yes. Like you're doing it, but you really don't want to. Well, they feel that. Yes. And so you're getting more obstinate. Because they're feeling what you're putting off, mm-hmm. then you're getting you're gonna be putting off more. So if you're not taking care of yourself and you're overwhelmed and you're frustrated, then chances are you're not patient. You're not patient. You're dealing with them. They're feeling that you're not gonna get cooperation. No, I can almost guarantee it. And they're gonna be two angry people or two frustrated people. Yes, yes, yes. So you know it, it's it's critical. You know it's critical to your health. It's critical to having a better experience. And I always have to like kind of modify, you know, a better, there are no guarantees in this journey. You know, like I said mm-hmm. earlier, something you try one day may work beautifully. The second day may not work at all, you know? So then, okay. Reach in your pocket, whatever tool you got, you know, cause have some, have some different tools, you, you know? To. Um, and some people are, are not as uh, diligent, 
in getting their parent or their loved one into like a daycare situation. I heard somebody say, they had them in their coloring in a coloring book. How elementary is that? So... Their mindset is you different know, now. Number one, it really wasn't an elementary exercise. Um, so that's another thing. Learn about the disease, because if they're coloring in a coloring, if they're coloring in a coloring book, then they're focusing, they're concentrating, you know, they're doing an activity, and those things matter. Mm-hmm. And it's therapeutic, you know. So, um, I, you know, I would definitely recommend. Um, because I, I know people that have waited too late, and and so they can't get their loved one to go, you know. Um, and there again, early early diagnose, you know, early you know observation and not denial, mm-hmm. you know. It's very important. I agree with that a hundred percent. So now for our closing question, not a question really. I want you to tell us about your book. You told us about your book, but I want you to let listeners know how they can find your book. Okay. Um, the book is a very short read. I, it's not even a cover-to-cover read. There are 10 lessons. I'm going to name them. Okay, so lesson one is vanity never dies. If your loved one cared about how they look, they, will all, they always will. Mm-hmm. If you care about how you look, you always will. Um, lesson two, kindness matters. It can change the atmosphere. Lesson three, patience is grown, not given. You, but you have the desire to be patient. Mm-hmm. Lesson four, nothing happens in your time, so relax and deal with it. Lesson five, people need respect regardless. Don't you want to be respected? Yes, indeed. Lesson six, let it go. That's three little words, but it's big, and it's big because holding on to stuff only hinders you. So you have to forgive. Yes. Uh, Lesson seven, love doesn't have to be returned to love. You choose to love. And, you know, if you look at Jesus' death on the cross, it was his choice, not because we deserve it. He did it because he loved us. Mm-hmm. So you're doing, you're on this journey because you love the person. Right. And you got to remember that because <laughs> uh, it may not be returned. <laughs> uh, lesson eight, celebrate the little things. It reduces stress. Lesson nine, keep fond memories alive. The good stuff is good for you. Mm-hmm. And last but not at all least, lesson 10, God prepares the way. You really can trust him. Okay, I'm making sure somebody has started calling, okay. but I can add in that part up. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I want you all to go to Amazon today and get Lessons Mother Taught Me by Turco R. Apps. Thank you so much for listening in, and thank you for allowing me to interview you. Thank you. This has been fun. You're welcome. Hope somebody is encouraged. Yes, I know they will be. Yeah.